You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Break a Bat podcast where baseball meets Broadway, an attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hi everyone. Welcome to Break a Bat. I'm your host, Al Malafronte, coming at you from Broadway with my guest host, Connor Lester. Thanks for having me today, Al. Well, we're happy to have you. Today's guest had a seven-year major league career in which five of those seasons were spent on the stages of Broadway. A member of five different Yankee playoff casts, he led Yankee pitchers in performances, otherwise known as games pitched, with 83 in 2006, a number that's still good for second all-time in their single-season record books. He's nice enough to call in today. Please welcome to the stage, Scott Proctor. How's it going, Scott? Thank you all for having me. Yeah, Good, man. Thank you all for having me today. It's a pleasure. And you know, Scott, the Yanks are division champs again. Playoffs are upon us. Do you miss it? Yeah, there's parts of it I do. Uh, of course, the competition and the camaraderie, the clubhouse is probably the uh, the biggest thing that you don't find in the normal world. But, um, you know, it, uh, it was fun while it lasted. Scott, every Yankee team you played on won 94-plus games. Let me ask, what was the best Yankee team you played on that didn't win at all? Yeah, I don't know. That's that's really tough because I was blessed in the, the time period that I was there. It was like playing on an all-star team every year. Um, I know the year that we lost to Detroit was, was really tough um, just because we felt like we were um, really moving in the right direction. And it just seemed like the momentum shifted due to a, a couple uh, – you know, issues with weather uh, that prolonged the series and kind of threw things off. But that's, you know, that's just the way it goes. But I can't pick one team out that I can say was was better than the rest because uh, we were incredibly talented. Yeah, I mean, I remember when game two got rained out and it seemed like the, the crazy thing was it was supposed to be an eight o'clock start. And next thing you know, it's like 930. It's not even raining anymore. And they still called the game. You're very right about that momentum shift. Uh, and that was your career year as well. So that was... Uh, you know, that was definitely, for us Yankee fans, that was, that was a tough pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Scott, uh, you came up through the Dodgers system. Um, when did you make the transition to reliever? And um, did, did you like that more than starting? When to, Did you think you'd ever become a reliever, or were you always set on being a starter? I mean, I think every, you know, you talk to every little leaguer, um, 
you know, everybody coming up in the game and they want to be an everyday person. Um, so, you know, but every, you know, the, uh, everybody sees all the starting pitchers and the accolades they get. And so it's kind of tough. I mean, you know, the closest to being an everyday uh, pitcher, uh, is, is, is being a reliever. Um, so you have the opportunity to impact the game on, on any given day. Um, but I, I tell you, it was actually the year that I got traded to New York. Um, had, had a successful year in the minor leagues with the Dodgers. Got to the end of spring training, and um, the organization had told me, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna send you back to Double A." Oh, and by the way, we're gonna make you a reliever. Um, I can honestly say I wasn't happy about it. I wanted to be, you know, taken back to a, a level lower than where I ended the year before. Um, but also, too, to um, be transitioned from, you know, you're known as a prospect. You, you're, uh, all prospects are really starters in the minor leagues, or at least they used to, because uh, they wanted you to get the innings and the reps, you know, to justify whether you were ready or not. And um, But I'll tell you, I, it really helped me to refocus on pitch-to-pitch versus trying to eat up innings and, and get deep in the game. Um, so it, it really was a blessing in disguise to be able to just focus on, you know, one pitch at a time, one hit at a time, uh, moving to the next one and, and kind of laying it all on the line uh, for however long they let you stay in the game. You didn't have to pace yourself. Interesting. And so I think that's a, kind of where, yeah. It's a totally different mindset then. Oh, it is. It is. Um, you know, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, in the minor leagues, you're more, they're, they're, they're more protective in how they use you and, allow you time to get up. So I didn't really have, uh, get up and get loose. Sorry. I still get caught in my old baseball terms that most people probably don't, don't, uh, don't understand. But, um, I didn't really learn how to get loose and how to get, you know, ready quick until, um, Paul Quantrill helped me, uh, you know, in a couple of years in the, in the major leagues, he was integral in that. So you had a lot of, uh, you had a, there was great veteran presence on that team. Did you have a lot of mentors out in the bullpen? I mean, you ha- certainly had Mariano there. You got there when Tom Gordon was there, Tanyan Sturtz. Um, were those guys, were they, would you say they were instrumental in helping you with that? Uh, I tell you, I can't, uh, I can't thank them enough. The stories that I continually use with kids that I coach now um, of just, you know, little tiny details that they told me. I mean, the list goes on from Stanton to Alan Embry uh, Quantrill, Farnsworth, Mariano. Um, I mean, even Al Leiter, when he came down a couple times in the pen and pitched out of there, just, you know, uh, it was, it was incredible. It was like going to, uh, uh, a very well-stocked library every day. <laughs> and you learn real quick to shut your mouth, open your ears, listen. I mean, even Gabe White, I mean, I, I, there's some guys in there that probably don't ring a bell with a lot of people, but, um, you know, all those veterans that have been there for years. Uh, we're just we're awesome, and not to mention you had Mel and Gator as your pitching coaches. That's uh, they certainly had pretty good track records uh, for the Yankees as well. Yeah, yeah, I tell you, I mean, you know, really, when you look at it as a player, um, people don't understand the impact that certain people make, and it it might not even be a fellow teammate. You know, I mean, as as integral and and, and um, as, as much help as Mel and, and Gator were, you know, I mean, even the video guys, um, you know, I mean, just the hitting coaches. I mean, I remember sitting in the batting cage with my headphones on, just listening to Mattingly when he was there as a, as a hitting coach, talk to the hitters 
and you're just sitting there evaluating, okay, if that's what the hitter's thinking, now what do I got to do as a pitcher to combat that? So, you know, people that might not even realize they had an impact in, in getting you to where you were, um, I mean, that clubhouse was full of them. The Yankees do a tremendous job at putting the best of the best around the guys and then demanding excellence and say, hey, we're going to we're gonna give you the best, but then we demand the best. We, we demand that you win. And, and I think that's what's great about the city. Now, growing up a New Yorker, um, I honestly didn't like New York. I hated the, I hated any New York team. Um, and I, I wasn't a big fan of New Yorkers coming from South Florida. But I tell you, when you get up there and you immerse yourself and you really start to understand the people um, and get to know the people, I mean, I can tell you this. I got a totally different view of the Yankees, of, of New Yorkers, of the city, of everything. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's a huge transition, a huge shift. So, Scott, you uh, you know, you had all these guys dispensing wisdom, and you, you did have quite the cast of characters. Who was sort of the biggest character uh, clubhouse clown, if you will, of all the guys that you played with while you were in New York? I mean, you know, it was – everybody was unique. Everybody's personality was unique, and I think that's, that's a testament to Tory and the coaching staff and Steinbrenner and, and Cashman to make all those different personalities mesh. Um, and to work for a common goal. I mean, I think it went back to, you know, the core group of guys with Bernie and Sato and, and Jeet and, and uh, you know, Andy when he came back and Mariano. I mean, you know, it didn't matter how much time you saw guys coming in, even like when Clemens came back. Um, you know, the respect, the respect for the pinstripes, the respect for the people that came before you, the respect for the organization and, and what it meant and, and the staff, I mean, it was, it was incredible. But Johnny Damon, I mean, he was definitely a character. Um, I mean, it, it, the list was endless, but the guys that stood out, Giambi was always fun, low and easy going. Um, you know, Sturzy was always a, 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 a riot. Um, you know, it was, it was incredible. It was, it was really fun to be around. Scott, what was your I made it moment in the major leagues? Was it a big strikeout? Was it pitching to a particular hitter? Uh, playing in a certain stadium, what had you feeling like you you know I'm here now I've arrived. Um, you know the one thing that that's true is uh, you're always uh, told countless times of you know once you feel like you've made it, you know you can't ever get to the point where you feel like you made it because then you won't work. Um, you know, and I was kind of impressed on you from spring training when you're running uh, PFPs or pitcher fielding practices from day one. And, you know, you're in a group with Mariano and he's like, Hey man, game seven, you know, it's like everything is treated as though it's game seven of the world series from the first day of spring training until the end. And, um, but I would tell you that kind of the first moment where I felt like, okay, I can do this is going into Fenway and bases loaded facing no more. Um, oh, that was the A-Rod Veritek game, right? I don't think that was in. That might have been the same year. They kind of all run together now. But, um, you know, we ended up uh, having the lead and then gave it up at the end. Um, you know, they came back and, and beat us. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was kind of those ones that I went in, pitched a couple of real good innings, came in in a big situation, bases loaded two outs, punch out no more, you know, held the lead for a couple innings, and then, the, you know, it, uh, the bullpen couldn't hold it behind me. Um, but... You know, that was kind of those ones because you always hear about Nomar Garcia Parr, all these big name guys. And, 
you know, it's Red Sox Yankees and you come in in a big situation and, a, and it, I mean, it's always a playoff chase. Um, you know, that was, that was really cool. What was George like, uh, during Yankees, Red Sox? George Steinbrenner. George Steinbrenner. Uh, I can tell you that was a man I avoided at all costs. Um, <laughs> I never really had a one-on-one with him. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, when it was known that he was coming down in the clubhouse, you made sure you looked like you were doing something, even <laughs> if you weren't at the time. Um, but I never really can say that, that I had a, a personal interaction with him. But I'll tell you, the consensus from the guys that I was around was, you know, ultimate respect because, you know, George would give you whatever you wanted. You know, if you said you needed new weight equipment, if you said you needed this in the clubhouse or whatever, I mean, you know, they would they would make sure it was done. But again, you know, the, the, the expectation of now you got to do it on the field. Um, put the team first and, and winning above all anything else. Um, you know, that was the one thing that I knew about him. Now, Scott, you got to pitch in New York for five seasons. Uh, since we're also a Broadway podcast, I'm sure you caught your fair share of Broadway shows. Any good stories from the Great White Way? Well, I can tell you, I honestly never, uh, never had the opportunity to go. I did, uh, however, send my wife to several. Um, and, you know, I tell you, everything in New York is magnified. Um, everything you experience, it's, it's really an incredible place. Uh, once you figure out and are able to deal with the heartbeat of the city um, and kind of get in sync with it. Um, and I tell you, everything that I heard from people that went to Broadway shows and, uh, you know, stories from my wife are, you know, it's just it's magnificent is about the, the word to uh, explain it, the best word. Have you been back much since you retired? A couple times. Uh, when I first got out uh, of baseball, I ended up uh, joining Morgan Stanley. And, of course, their headquarters are in New York. So I had to go up there several times for training and um, still in friends with uh, a couple reporters. So I'd go see Mark Feinstein in the city. We'd always hook up. Uh, when I get back in town, uh, I have not been to a game uh, in the city. Oh, no, I take that back. I did actually go to one. I actually went to a Mets game because Burley was pitching for Toronto, and I went to watch him. But I haven't been back to Yankee Stadium since. What are you up to these days? Uh, are you um, still involved in baseball at all? Still in finance? What's going on? Yeah, I got out, uh, got into finance because um, I got tired of my, my fellow colleagues getting uh, bad advice and, and, and kind of misguided in what they should do. Um, I had a dad that I was complaining to him one day and he said, you're, you're not an idiot. Are you going to shut up and do something about it? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, kind of challenged me. So, uh, but yes, I'm, I'm, I'm involved in baseball. I've, uh, went back to help out my alma mater in high school. Um, we took over that team about, uh, this our fourth season. And, um, and then I have a, uh, stake in a couple other little league teams and I'm always involved being around the field because you know the one thing you're taught as a professional athlete is to give back I mean as you just talked about all the the veteran guys imparting knowledge you know on on the on me as a younger player um you know that's what we're we're kind of ingrained in us uh to give back in, in in a lot of different ways so yeah, to be able to impact these kids. Um, I mean, we were, we had our team up at 450 this morning. They have, uh, they're in a training cycle right now. 
uh, with a full-time trainer and we run them through some drills for about an hour and a half and then they go to study hall and it's neat to see the transition from these kids not just on the field but personally and and you know just in their their, their whole life um look at things differently because they're just little tidbits of information you give them it's yeah. a lot of fun that's fantastic hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply now, Scott, we thought we'd wrap our time with you for a little segment that we do on the show here. It's called Fastball Derby. We ask you a question. You say the first thing that comes to your head. Oh, that's not very good. Is this thing edited? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Let's see. All right. So we got favorite New York meal. Uh, Del Frisco's. What's Anything the... at the restaurant. Coolest or most meaningful piece of memorabilia that you kept from your playing career? Uh, picture my dad and I in Yankee Stadium. Awesome. A pitch that someone else threw that you were jealous of? Oh, come on. That's easy. Mariano's cutter. <laughs> Knew you were going to say that. Love that. <laughs> come on. That's an easy one. What about another one? Uh, Paul Quantrill sinker. Nice. Okay. Good answer. Most uncomfortable Jeter and A-Rod moment. Can't really say that I had one. I mean, those guys were professional. I mean, you know, there was a lot of rumors flowing around about whether they liked each other or not. But I tell you that, you know, everything about Jeter is a consummate professional. And, um, you know, A-Rod, I mean, A-Rod's A-Rod, you know, he, uh, Good way to put it. He's an incredible competitor. Did you did you think he'd be this successful in the uh, broadcast booth after retiring? You know, I tell you one thing about A Rod is you can tell he's going to be successful at anything he does because he's very passionate and he's very dedicated. I mean, he he was very dedicated as in his, in his craft at the game. I mean, you saw that when he transitioned from short to third. Uh, that's not an easy transition, transition, especially in the atmosphere that he did it in, uh, and for the organization he did it for. So it it doesn't surprise me. I mean, he's he's an incredibly talented individual. If you had to bring one teammate to a fight, who's got your back? Who man? One teammate. I would have to say Tang and Sturts. Uh, he's got that height advantage too. I would take Sturts. Yeah, I'd say. I'm going to go with their feet. He can go with their head. (laughs) (laughs) What's your Yankees Mount Rushmore? Your top four Yankees. Top four Yankees. Um, 
I was always a big fan of the Mick, even though I got to never got a chance to meet him. Um, you got to love Goose just because of being around him all the time. But you know, I tell you, I mean, the guys I played with, you know, Mariano and Jeet, um, they're definitely in there. I mean, the competitor Andy Pettit was the little time I got to play with him, and then you know, just Posada. I mean, his it, it's hard. That, that is such a hard question because. <laughs> There's just so much respect for all those guys. I, I can't really put them in an order, you know. What's on your bucket list? Hmm. What's on my bucket list? Well, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, skydive. I want to dive with the Great Whites. Um, I want to see my, my daughters get married and see all my kids grow up to be successful. Um, and then, you know, die married in my life. That's, uh, it can't beat that. That's a good yeah. one. If you could be on any game show or reality show, which one would it be? Mm, none of them. None I can honestly I say I have no desire. You know what I, I respect mean, once that I got out of the Yeah, I, I, once I got out of the public life, I mean, I, I partake in it now from a foundation my wife and I have. What's um, the foundation, Scott? Uh, so my oldest daughter had open heart surgery actually in 2006 when I was with the Yankees. So we started a foundation um, uh, to benefit uh, the hospital that she had the surgery at uh, Jackson down in Miami. And since then, it's kind of morphed into uh, helping the Treasure Coast where I live, uh, kids there in three areas, health, education, and athletics. So we um, we started a little league program and try to keep kids off the streets and get them focused through sports. Um, we do a lot of things in the local schools here. And then we help with families that are, uh, in, uh, same situation that we were with our daughter, um, of getting them connected to doctors, you know, facilitating certain things for them while they're going through some times or, you know, funding them. So, um, by then we've taken on some other stuff. I mean, as everyone knows in the Bahamas, we're doing some stuff for kids over there. So it's, it's a ever-changing landscape there, but it's mainly focused to kids in our area down here in South Florida. Scott, so if people want to get involved or donate and you know learn more about what you're about, do you have a website or any place that they could find you online or social media? Yep, it's uh, me. I'm not on social media, so if you found me, that ain't me, uh, <laughs> or is not me, I should say. Um, but yes, we have um, uh, Emmy's team. It's M. ESteamfoundation.com on online. Uh, the website is there. That's the best way. Um, I do have my, my uh, I think I have a LinkedIn for work that I'm required to have, which I don't really pay attention to. Um, but that's really the best way. I mean, I still get fan mail from people and I'm very much appreciative of it. And it's kind of neat that my boys are now getting older and They'll pull out bus- their uh, uh, business cards. See, I'm in a different frame of mind now. Uh, <laughs> baseball cards. They'd be like, Dad, that was you. I'm like, yeah, that was me. You know, yes, I did used to have a career. So, And there's some but, red, uh, t- bold type on the back of that card for that uh, league-leading 83 uh-huh. appearances back in 06. So uh, th- um, yeah. I'm glad that we had the chance to, uh, to watch a pitch here. So our last question will be uh, to leave our listeners with this. Best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? Never give up, and always. And I've always said, always believe in yourself. Don't believe what people say about you. 
Well, it served you well, Scott, and uh, we're so grateful that you got to join us today. So big thank you. And um, yeah, you know, next time you're in New York, if you need any recommendations on some good Broadway shows that you might want to catch, you know, let us know. We'll take good care of you. Well, thank you guys very much. I appreciate the time and I appreciate everybody in New York that was uh, um, cheering us on um, and, and offering support in the good times and in the bad. And, and I really thank everybody there for teaching me about life and, uh, you know, teaching me some some great uh, values. And thanks for the memories on the field uh, from both of us. We're both big Yankee fans. So really appreciate it. Well, thank you guys. All right. That's Scott Proctor, folks. Um, we'll be back with you next week on another episode of Break a Bat. Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.